Hello and welcome to the Sticky Bun Boys. I reckon everyone knows who we are by now. And if they don't, they're not listening enough to the, possibly the greatest TV review podcast of all time. I'm not really sure we're a TV review podcast at this point. But anyway, we are on to dessert week of season three of the Great British Bake Off, a notoriously sugar-laden saccharine affair. Not great for a pair of salty queens like ourselves. True, but we do like it stiff with a little bit of jiggle and a creamy finish. Yes, however, let's hope John doesn't give us a salty crust this week. Excuse me. With his tin lining, like the rumbaba. Oh, yes. Yes, right. Anyway, on with the show. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So David wrote the episode <laughs> scripts for last week, this week and next week. And uh, he's just asked us what this week was, despite having written in the title that it was a dessert week. Oh, you're doing dessert. great. I thought it was pies. Have you got warm? Are you warm? I'm really warm, actually. It's really warm. Should we open a window? Oh, no, we can't open a window. No, because it'd be too noisy. Things we do for our art. This week, there was no Mel. I know. Where was she? Maybe sick. Yeah. Or, or maybe, maybe it was early enough that she had to like a prior commitment and like they just let her go. Oh, she could have had a very serious doctor's appointment or surgery. Or, or like Sue said, she could genuinely be getting her ankle tag changed. <laughs> yeah, <she laughs> it's kind of weird with Sue on her own. I kind of like, in some ways, I thought it'd be quite funny if they'd brought someone else in, but they probably didn't have the money for that at this no, time. No, but I also think that she did a really good job on her own. Like, obviously, Sue, I think, had to work a lot harder. But like she seemed like she was clearly like running around doing lots more than she normally does. But I thought she was great. I wonder if Mel gave some, her some of her fee. She should have done. I doubt it. They're friends. I wouldn't give you any of my fee if it was me. Do you think they're actually friends, Mel and Sue? Oh, absolutely. Their friendship is maintained. Like they are still friends and doing stuff together now. And it's been a long career together. And like, and they're so, but they're great separately. Mel Gedroich doing Eurovision this year was absolutely incredible. I almost wish they just like left Graham on the stage and let. <laughs> Mel do her thing when she was do, did you see her doing that like um, the churning, churning butter. of butter behind <laughs> Hannah Waddingham <laughs> oh she's so great anyway um, she wasn't there this week signature they had to make a tort cake which had to be made in three hours and it had to be 20 centimetres in diameter yeah do you like 20, things to be 20 centimetres in diameter that's that's very diameter but we also know that the human anus can fit two raccoons <laughs> in it wow what a throwback that's a throwback that was a deep cut and if you only if you only joined us in the last couple of months you'll have to go back and listen to that entire episode i mean but that was like episode five or something was that the beginning of the end is that what made us take this path <laughs> i think so like who, that person last week who was just like oh this is the most all over the place podcast i've ever heard i was initially offended and i was like no that's accurate do you know what? I looked at our podcast and for some reason I clicked on the bake down because it said a related one. The bake down's description is something like 
gentle and ours is explicit <laughs> we've been titled explicit on apple podcasts well not by apple Podcasts. it's been my producer alex oh is it you alex yeah oh wow we're explicit <laughs> <laughs> okay we need to move on we need to move on because we keep getting in trouble because apparently we always speak for ages until the technical and then we just like whiz through to get to the end well, there's so. not a lot to say about our tart paul said it had to you have to basically not use wheat flour you're making a sponge cake with lots of layers but you have to use nuts and things. Technically, you can use wheat flour, but they obviously didn't want them to do it. And also, technically, a tort isn't lots of layers. It's just like a... We talked about it the other week. It was yeah. on the final of the last season, I think. Also, in episode four, we're still getting backstories. Yeah, and they keep on repeating the same ones. Yes, I, I, don't, I don't need... I know who they are now. Like, in recent series, they do backstories in episodes one, two, and three, and then they stop until the final where they give you a bit more. Whereas we're still getting loads of these through. I have to say, though, like, overall, across this challenge, I thought these signatures, all of them looked pretty exquisite. Like, the competition's really heated up, they all look really professional, and it feels much more like what they produced felt like a lot more like the expectations of what we should be producing now. Yes. Because, like, before, Homely kind of got away with for a signature, whereas this signature, though, kind of professional finishes, I thought. Yeah. Thoughts? I loved, loved, loved. It's going to be a broken record, but James is. Mm -hmm. He just is class personified. I've never known how people make passion fruit ganache. I've never understood it, but it makes sense. You just infuse the cream. Yeah, with loads of the passion because you have to put a lot in to get the flavor, mm. especially to fight like a chocolate. But mm. it's not just that it sounded good. They just said it was perfection, basically. I never use passion fruit in the tent because you have to pulp them yourself and that takes ages. And you never know with a passion fruit, you've got to let the passion fruit go really, really wrinkly. Mm. Dan on ours, who was thrown under the bus because Paul couldn't taste any of the passion fruit. I walked around and saw they'd bought him loads of unripe passion fruits. You're never going to get a flavor. It's just no. going to be sour. But um, James's was a hazelnut chocolate and passion fruit tort, and it was beautiful. Flavors were perfect. He had wee truffles on top. It looked brilliant, which I thought was lovely. I was really worried for Danny. If you wrote vanilla on it, no one would taste it and think, oh, but this tastes like white chocolate. Exactly it's that. It's vanilla. Exactly that. Uh, but hers was brilliant, and especially because it looked quite stodgy. Even when they cut it, I was like, that doesn't, they're going to. The tort is stodgy. Yeah, but then they said that hers was like light and moussey and it just, it sounded delicious. I feel like throughout this entire challenge, no one understood what a tort was. Some people were doing a tort, what I think is a tort. Some people were doing just like layered cakes and like opera cakes and things like that. I didn't understand what was happening. And I think probably the main reason is there's not really a full definition because tort in some languages just means cake. Right. Like any cake. It was very confusing. Danny did get the, the, the two dreaded words from Mary. Clever girl. Oh. <sighs> Oh, it gives me a right shiver down my spine. Brendan was making a clementine and chestnut tort using lemon verbena leaves. I don't know what those are. Uh, verbena is just a, I used it before. It's just a really common plant, but it's just got, it's like kind of, you know, like lemon thyme and things like that. Mm. It's just like a herby lemon. A herby lemon. He did overbeat his cream and it's like one of the most, it, I have like a visceral response. I've literally written the same thing. I was like, why is he putting mashed potato onto his tart? It looked so horrible and curdled mm. and what? Yeah. Have you overbeaten some cream before? Never. Never. You're good with your wrists. Did you notice that he, he matched his cake at the end? Like he, had this, he was wearing the same orange as was on this cake. Oh, was he? Yeah. I didn't notice um, that. Paul didn't like the decorations, said it looked like it was from the 70s. What's wrong with that? To me, it wasn't just the 70s. It just, it just didn't look nice. I didn't think. I thought it looked fine. They always talk about wanting to have the inside of the cake on the outside and like... <laughs> yeah, which I always think just sounds a bit gross. Yeah, you don't want your insides pulled out, do you? Maybe, John... maybe rearranged. <laughs> John had a little bit of a trip up, which yes. was surprising to see at this stage. He was stressed this week. Yeah, and he basically, they said he'd done a chocolate breeze block, which I also thought was quite harsh because 
there's nothing like there's a lot of really posh cakes that are just perfect square chocolate cakes mm. with a nice ganache but yeah it wasn't good he was listened to his cakes i think it's the first time we heard listening to their cakes it wasn't everyone always talk, is it val everyone val, says it was, cake whisperer. it was john wait was the first person that did it so he basically pulls it out and then he kind of like listens to hear if it's like bubbling or not and if it's still bubbling that means that obviously it's still cooking so he puts it back in again yeah john seemed gutted after that like in the vox pops afterwards but actually the judging wasn't that bad no it definitely seemed, it seemed to be more in his head because dur- during the whole the whole part of it he was like getting really stressed by it and so i, I felt like this week really got into john's head or we were, we were being gaslit and he was torn apart in the judging and then they made it look nice in the edit which we all know has happened before yeah so then Catherine was the only other one that i kind of really picked out as being like a lovely flavor it was white chocolate macadamia and coffee tort with a white chocolate kind of shards on top and she was really worried it was simple but that what she made is what I thought of as a tort. Yeah. Um, and I remember and, that panic that she... So when I was on the show, I'd be making something and I'd look around and there was all this stuff happening around me. And I was like, I'm like everything I'm making is really simple compared to all of this. And it, it was a real like, anxiety I had. Like, I look at Elena and there's like all these decorations happening. And I look at Michelle and there's all these like edible flowers everywhere. And then you looked at me and thought, well, he's lowered the bar, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> at least I'm doing more than him. <laughs> but then I also remember like in week one, we were sat in the green room and we were just chatting and Amelia and I kind of linked up straight away and became really good friends. And I looked at her, she was showing me her bread sculpture and she had made this caterpillar out of breads. And then I looked at mine and I was like, oh my God, mine is so simple. But then that week she went home and I won. So, I mean. <laughs> I think it's, but you 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 get, you just get so used to your recipes by that time. Like yeah. I don't think of yours as being simple at all, but you obviously have got so used to it. And then you're seeing all the extra things other people are doing. I do think Catherine does go the simple route a lot, mm. but this one wasn't that simple no and it's not a bad thing anyway if you're doing it well i guess if you do it too simple every single week they might start calling people out Mm. there's also a lot of people to hide behind at this stage yeah i mean she came across really well said it was lovely taste nice moist subtle flavors all those things one mention i have to say is i find you know those people have the messy benches and things Mm. ryan (laughs) does my head in it's not just messy it feels like he's just like throwing and crashing around a kitchen it's like he's got no filter to say take a breath he's like Just breathe. yeah but even more so but then he produces really good stuff yeah he makes really good stuff he seems to be in a flap all the time just constantly stressed like doing things not practiced before making a mess panicking there's always at least one disaster per bake and then it comes out and it's, it's exquisite what did, is it when they say less haste more speed whichever thing it is more speed less haste it's that he is that like he just thinks oh this has gone wrong i need to do this thing like 10 times this week it's like no take a breath and just do that it again that's what sandy said to me when i got all these scars on my hands when i was doing all that cutting do you still have scars from yeah all genuinely look look there oh, great yeah. for an audio podcast and there's some here as well and there Baker, like, you should have sued them. And literally, I cut the whole top of my thumb off. But but that was what Sandy said to me. Like she was like, the biggest piece of advice I can give to you is more speed, less haste. Yeah, didn't work. Uh, but it was nice of her to say. <laughs> um, BB this year, this year feels like a year. Uh, did you listen to it? Did you watch no. it? No. Uh, sugar used to be taxed a lot and was expensive, so folk came up with like alternatives. Oh, is that what Brendan was doing with his mashed potato when he talked? <laughs> and they made an alternative called Daft, which was a mixture of chalk and limestone. And then they used that as like a jumping off point to talk about in Birmingham where somebody was making humbugs and they had arsenic and daft next to each other. And they accidentally put arsenic in and a hundred folk were poisoned and people died. 
And as a result, they made sugar cheaper at the end. Do you know what? It's like a podcast. You're like you saying it is definitely more interesting. That I might actually go back and listen that to that. That was one. like you're not going to do that famously, <laughs> David Alaya. Um that was like an eight minute segment. They could have just done it in three. Yeah. Or just like put like a little like put like a bit of text up, just so we can read it and move on. Technical was a creme caramel. Ooh. So a baked custard and a caramel in two and three quarter hours. You don't like it? Why? Oh, Hate creme caramel. These remind me of my holidays on, in like France, where you get like the yogurt pot, you turn it upside down, oh, and you have to like, but then you have to take off the um, like the little like suction thing at the top. Yeah, and it makes that horrible sucking and noise. Goes, as yeah, oh, that no. was a good representation. Also, I, I love, love custard, these. but I don't find these. These are kind of they're not creamy enough for a custard. It's like a, it's like a panna cotta texture. Yeah, but even horribler. I thought it was lovely. Uh, they had no other ingredients other than milk, sugar, vanilla, and eggs, and obviously water. Um, and guess what Manisha did with her caramel? Did she stir it? She stirred it once more. <laughs> and that is now three weeks in a row where she, they said, Manisha, stop stirring your caramel. And she's like, okay, 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 okay. Then every single week she starts stirring it again. Do you know what? I think this possibly is the best technical that you could ever think of for Bake Off. It's got, like you say, just four ingredients there are so many nightmares to the recipe in terms of the recipe itself, the baking, the cooling, and then you've got the turnout. Plus, there's a wobble. There's a jiggle. There's a jiggle in it as well. I thought it was an absolutely brilliant, brilliant challenge. The instructions just said, make the custard. And you can't pre-cook it because if you pre-cook it, the eggs are then going to scramble during the second cook. So people kind of fell down there because the recipe said eggs... And some people thought that meant, oh, separate it and use the egg yolk. Because in a creme pat, you only use the egg yolk. Uh, but if you're cooking a creme, like, a, like an actual custard for a tart, if you cook the proteins in the egg too soon, they'll just go curdly. Um, so I thought it was really smart. And also that's how you set it. The milk the milk is not going to set from no. just egg yolks. So you've got to have that egg white to kind of give that structure. And so brilliantly, at least two people didn't, was it just Manisha and Stuart? Didn't do it so that when they turned those over, it was just a mess. I do need to say though, when they were making the caramels, Ryan tasted his and there was the worst ASMR that I've <laughs> ever heard in my entire life. And I'm going to play it for you all right now. That's burnt. Gross. <laughs> Isn't that vile? They made us listen to that. <laughs> and then he goes, that's burnt at the end. I, all I needed from the editors there was a clip of him going, that's burnt. Not the... <laughs> the thing is, when you watched it as well, you could see that he'd overcooked it so much. You know when you get the hard crack? We love mm, a hard crack. I love a hard crack. Basically, it just turned to hard crack in his mouth. It turned to a solid piece of sugar on his tongue. And no one wants a hard crack in their mouth, do they? No, definitely not. <laughs> also, there's something very tense about unmolding from crockery. Because they were all using like... I mean, Catherine called it China. It wasn't China, but porcelain like ramekins, and like you have to give it a really hard smack on the bottom to make it come out there. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. But like, you can't just like squeeze it. You have to like smack it hard. Yeah, and she smashed hers. Mm, do you like a smack on the bottom? So it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, then, Manisha came last. Uh, Stuart came second last. God bless Stuart. Always kind of scraping the bottom over there. He needs a smack on his bottom, doesn't he? And then the top three. Third place was Catherine, consistently in third during technicals. Second place was Danny. And in first place was Brendan. And he was chuffed to bits. He was delighted. So sweet. So lovely. So moving on to the showstopper then. It was a layered meringue dessert four layers and i don't think we got to know what the time was four hours yes <gasps> for once in my life oh my God, i it's got changed. it it's four hours i might have just made it up to four hours but it was four hours um who stood out to you 
I can't get over the fact that I just said that I got the time. <laughs> Who stood out to me was Catherine. Yeah. Because I love gooseberries. A gooseberry and cinnamon yogurt. Do you want a gooseberry cinnamon yogurt, Michael? Catherine, would you like a gooseberry cinnamon yogurt? We're all having gooseberry cinnamon yogurts. Alex, would you like a gooseberry cinnamon yogurt? Catherine and I have a gooseberry cinnamon yogurt. Dave, would you like a gooseberry cinnamon yogurt? <laughs> I love gooseberries. Also, I love the idea of like almond honey meringue as yeah, well. Honey meringue. Oh, yes. Ooh, She's a yeah. genius. The thing that with that one is they came over and they were saying that everyone has to do the meringues first because they've got to dry out. And they came over to Catherine. She was busy making a cake, baking it. But... They never then came back to show the fact that she did make her meringues. No, they kind of they tried to put her off as well. They always tried to put her off because no, she's anxious. And then they were kind of asking about decoration. And she said, it does look slightly monstrous, but it does hold its shape. <laughs> and I've had that review before. <laughs> I thought that looked amazing. Like when it came to judging, the meringue wasn't necessarily the hero of the bake, but it no. tasted good and it looked good, I thought. I do think it's slightly cruel that they seem to deliberately try and put her off. Like you say, she's anxious. You can tell she's anxious. Mm. And they deliberately seem to make those comments that put, that put her off. The best one for me was John's elderflower and brambleberry pavlova. And he painted his meringues with tempered white chocolate so that the the moisture of the, of the fillings wouldn't seep in. But if you temper it, it's also going to crack when you cut it, which means that you still get the crack when you're cutting into the meringue, which I thought was really smart. He'd saved himself because he'd had a bad day the day before mm. and he really, really did well. I felt like really frustrated with him in the judging because he'd had a really hard week you could tell it'd been really difficult for him he'd slaved away on this bake he tried really hard and then the judging in the edit he got two literally two lines like that tastes nice really like that and they swept on that's why because i put the judges said it was very nice but not overly praised and i meant that in a way that i was looking at it thinking this looks brilliant it's really mm. crisp like it looks spectacular some of them didn't look that great and yeah and he hardly got any praise i mean to be fair to the, to the to the editors and the producers like they have so many things to get through in a very small amount of time but perhaps just cut the bb but even when it's like in our years like there'd be weeks of I mean, famously you didn't enter the competition until week seven like <laughs> but you'd spent so much well actually no you had you're not a good example because you didn't practice or abdul who didn't even wasn't but in like, the whole series abdul exactly like he spent ages practicing all those bakes that he did and then like it's for nothing do you know what i mean yeah it just feels like a bit of a waste elsewhere danny made a monte bianco showstopper which was chestnut chocolate and coffee with a hazelnut praline and there was a lovely moment actually where she was she was making a dequoise which is like a nutty meringue basically but when sue was talking to danny during the kind of the, the royal tour she called it a dequise <laughs> and what i loved was sue corrected herself from her voiceover being like she was making a dequoise which apparently i've been calling a dequise this entire <laughs> weekend which i thought was fun i liked that Maybe they should do it with Paul for every time he says macaron. <laughs> macaroon, yes, sorry. Yeah, macaroon. Yeah. Uh, who else did you like? I like Brendan's just because I really liked the idea of pear chocolate and hazelnut. Mm. And it did look nice and delicate. And then James making Italian meringue. Um, and they asked him why. And he said, you can play with it a bit more. Mm. And Sue went, oh, you can play with Italians. Is that why you're making it? And James said, yes, just, on, just so you can stick your finger in, Sue. <laughs> <laughs> and she did. And she, I think she stuck two in, actually. Um, <laughs> I thought it was just her little finger, actually. Which is a very strange finger to use. We should mention um, Stuart. Stuart making a chocolate block mocha. Sorry, I'm thinking about little fingers. <laughs> uh, his chocolate block mocha didn't do very well. It was a bit heavy, oh. quite tough, not enough meringue, mainly cake. He kind of reached his end, I think. But I did like the fact that the, he'd done kind of the meringue around the edge and toasted it. And they were saying that's not enough. I thought, and they were like, oh, we want to see what's in the cake on top. Go away. Like, I quite, I baked Alaska, you don't see it. They decided he was going yep. and they had to find reasons. Um, and he did go. But the winner was Brendan. We love to see that. We talk about delighted at his technical. He was over the moon. He's such a lovely man. And he, it was a well-deserved one, I think, especially this week. He felt like the only one, really, who was kind of at the top. 
So Stuart has finally gone. And to be fair, he has been skirting the bottoms of recent episodes. Maybe that was his problem. He shouldn't have been skirting. He should have been getting right in there with a pinky finger. <laughs> pinky finger. I'm not sure that would have helped us speaking. Yeah, but it could have relieved some pressure. This is potentially <laughs> turning into fan fiction. <laughs> in which case, let's move swiftly on to a taste test. This one comes from Laura Jane, who says, Ketchup butties are yum. Butties is a funny word, isn't it? Yeah, sure it is, David. And yum is a horrible word. But more importantly, is she going to jail or does she have a point? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So, Michael, ketchup butty. It's not for me, but my brother used to like, like um, ketchup on toast. Oh, the, I think to me, a butty... It's like a big bappy roll. No, you thing. said the word butty is a funny word. All I can think about is like a tiny butt. A tiny butt. Like oh, a tiny little oh, butty. You get a butt and a butty. A butty. <laughs> <laughs> is, it a call, is it called a butty because it's kind of like a bum? Like it's two buns I never thought together. It. When I was writing the script, I was genuinely thinking, butty's a funny word. I've never thought about that before. Maybe it is. Is it called a butty because it looks like a butt? It is now. Although now <laughs> I think it's called a butty because it's a small butt. It's a small butt. Butter? It's butter. It's not butter. Alex has tried to join in with. Alex, you do realise that what we say is science, what you say is not science in this podcast. <laughs> we have decided that it's because it's a small bottom. I am going to look at the etymology, and if it matches what I say, then sure. And if it matches what Alex says, then we're going to move on. And we're going to move on. <laughs> it, I like to think it's like a little butt. So everyone enjoying little butts out there. <laughs> but um, ketchup on it, like ketchup isn't. In, I love ketchup. I put ketchup on everything. I'll be the kind of person to go to a restaurant and ask for it on a steak or something. But 
not just on a sandwich on its own. No. It's not enough. No, it needs more. I need something else in there. Yeah, chips. Chips, ketchup, butty. Yes. Right. We're going to our first email. It's from Ashley, who says... Hi, Michael and David. Love the show. It is a joy to listen to. My question is about the word short. The judges and bakers are always describing pastry biscuits, etc. as short. We don't use this description in America, so I was hoping you could elaborate. Is it a good thing to be short? I just assumed it meant crumbly. I mean, people come in all shapes and sizes and it's fine. As a short person, I think it is a good thing to be short. Do you know what? I'm actually often attracted to older men. Not older men. <laughs> I didn't mean to say older. I meant to say taller. <laughs> you say, actually, that's the most common thing ever. Everyone's always attracted to taller people. Yeah, but why is that? Is it because you feel petite and dainty? <laughs> Maybe. Because I'm not. I'm short. You're and not I would petite just, and dainty. I'm You're not petite and dainty. Not. But I am short, but I would still be attracted to people even shorter than me. Probably but, more so, than so taller I, than me. So that's the thing. So on the apps, I tend to just automatically swipe. Not automatically. I do, I, I do look at their face as well. <laughs> but like if they're six foot, I'm like, oh, lovely. But then in real life, I'm more attracted to shorter people. My friend who is straight got really annoyed because there were so many girls who just wouldn't even consider him because he was taller than them still, but he wasn't tall enough. Mm. I do think it's a bit of a strange thing when people want like the ever taller and people end up being like giants and they're tiny they up to their a, knees. I've got a friend, a couple, uh, a gay couple of friends and one is taller and one is shorter. And the, the shorter one is the big spoon and the, the taller one who's little spoon calls him calls him like his backpack. I was literally, <laughs> before you said that, I was picturing my head and be like, that'll be like a backpack. Yeah. But you don't want to hold it up too tight across your shoulders when you're running. Oh, no. So short with baking though, it's quite simple. Oh yeah, sorry, there was a question. There was a question. <laughs> we are a baking science podcast. It basically does just mean crumble. In a way, it's basically, you have butter or a fat that coats a flour to stop the gluten from joining with the flour to make sure you get a crumbly texture. But why is that called short? Yeah, I don't know why it's called short though. Uh, make something up science. maybe it's because shortening americans use shortening let's just say that you oh, can use americans shortening invent invent baking no they don't even use the and word we short. make shortbread which is crumbly short because it leaves you short because you don't get to eat all of the bits because some of the bits fall off because it's crumbly onto your jumper science oh not a jumper they're american onto your sweater right next question is from angela she says, hi, Michael and David. I found out your podcast a few weeks ago. It's probably a few months ago now. I don't know when her email came <laughs> yeah, in. We, we need to get better at looking at this on. Like, we basically, we, we got behind because we got distracted by talking about other things. And now we're kind of having like deep dive backwards. But to be fair, not only that though, we sometimes, I sometimes get the, an email comes through and I look at it and think, oh, that's a good one. But it doesn't quite make it through that week. And then I forget about it. And then I come back to it. I'm like, oh, I'll just go like right through and look at old emails again. She said, You've talked a lot about the friendships you've made with people you met through Bake Off. I think that's really great. But I'm wondering if you've ever been friends with someone before they were on the show and gotten to watch them go through the experience. I know the probability is low with thousands of people applying and only a dozen selected per season. But it seems like it'd be very interesting. I don't think either of us have with Bake Off. And I actually think that if you're friends with someone from Bake Off, you're unlikely to get on Bake Off. Yeah, so I have had a friend. Basically, when I first... You had a friend? I had a friend. Congratulations. Once. So proud of you. I had a friend at my first job when I came to London, and both of us were the guys that baked all the time. And everyone would always say like, oh, you two should go and bake off, blah, blah, blah. And he's a very nice guy. And he did apply for Bake Off the year after us. And he unfollowed me on Instagram and all these things to try and hide the fact mm. that we were friends because I do think it would be less likely. And he got right through to the point where he got through to the final audition, like right. the last one where it's down to the last like 50. 
and he came to stay at my house the night before because the the audition was in London. So I have had someone that's gone right through, but then he didn't get on. I've known people like, who've messaged and asked questions about the application process, to, kind of like looking for help and support. And I've known them to get kind of all the way through, but I've not really been friends with them before. I have though, like for other shows, which will remain nameless, known people before they've gone on the show, they've gone on the show and seen them after the show. And like... It's given me like a weird, it's been a bit of an ick, if I'm honest. Because they change as people. Because you see them like acting not as themselves. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because like, and I think we all do it, to be fair. Like immediately after Bake Off, you end up trying to like capitalize or be the person that people think you are. And you want to make sure that you're still getting content out there and being seen and all these kinds of things. I mean, we now, because of this, ignore our social media quite a lot of the time. And I watched them doing that and like it looked a bit... And this is going to sound really awful, so obviously I'm not going to name names, but it looked a bit kind of desperate. Desperate, yeah. And I was like, oh God, were we like that? We we probably were. We would have been like, to a certain extent, for me, Don't I... not Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I know that when I... I try and be quite real, and probably sometimes to the detriment, because I think I probably like take away that kind of... Because people want you to be the person they think you are off Bake Off mm. as well. And sometimes when I meet people, I think they probably think afterwards, like, wow, he's a bit of a crazy bitch. Mm. But I think when you're just meeting someone at like a food festival or something, it's a very short time. I'm very fake. Sorry for any of you who have met me. I'm very, I'm just like, all like, oh, hiya. Oh, lovely. Yeah, yeah I, I love avoid Bake Off. situations of things like that. I, make, I get really uncomfortable now about those like events and things. But I, I never really liked being recognized either. Yeah, see, I still like it. But I do know that if it's a short interaction, I probably, but that's just normal to be a little bit fake. I actually had, this is going to make me sound really weird. Like I just respond to loads of crazy people off Instagram. But there was someone else who messaged me after being on Bake Off. So I didn't know who they were. And then I randomly met them because they lived quite close to me. Mm. And also they were obsessed with Kim Joy and I just gave them the signed copy of the book that she gave me and I just crossed my name out and put his name. Um, <laughs> and then his partner applied for Bake Off and also got like, didn't get that far, um, got relatively far. So I've had two people I've kind of like helped that first little bit, but then mm. they didn't get very far. This week's X. Okay, so what's the leaderboard? What's what are the, not the leaderboard, the qualifiers. So the qualifiers so far in the final are missing the beat drop on a song. Head stuck in a t-shirt when you're trying to take it off, which still gets me every time. Asking the server what the soup of the day is. <laughs> That's my favourite <laughs> one. <laughs> no, my favourite one now is the one from just last time, which is holding the door open to make someone jog. <laughs> the humiliating jog. The that humiliating jog. One. Love that. Uh, so this week, we've got one that comes in straight away, which is having long fingernails, but especially if it's just the little finger. Were we talking about little fingers earlier? <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness, that would have. Sue had a long finger, she'd just dip the nail into the oh. Italian meringue. Oh. I you don't use like. It for, like dips and hummus, you just use your little oh. finger. Is that what it's for? Oh. Why? Why have they only got one fingernail? See, when I lived in Malawi, there were some tailors. They had a long fingernail, it was to like, it was to crease their fabric. That's quite camp. I know, really camp. And it at least has a reason. But I've seen people do it as well when they play guitar and they've got really long fingernails. I just don't... For some reason, it's a strange thing because obviously if you've got long fingernails and you paint them, whether you're a man or a woman or whatever, and you've got like nicely shaped ones, that's fine. It's when... And they're all kind of the same kind of length. But people that just grow their fingernails a bit too long, no. Do you know what? It's not even that. Like, it's the one finger that's doing me. Oh, and if it's a bit yellowy. I famously like more than one. Um, But no, that's gross. Absolutely not. No. It's not a good enough ick though. No, it's, it's not massive. It's not a massive ick. It's just a bit gross. Okay, the next one: having an Instagram account for your pet. <laughs> yeah, that's not good, is it? I'm glad we don't, because I don't agree with that. I mean, one. No, I don't. I mean, I do have my so I have my public Instagram and I have a private Instagram, and I do post mainly just pictures of Hazel on that. But it's it's still mine. 
Do you know what? I don't notice because I get both of yours. I don't think I actually distinguish which is which. Yeah. I just see them and think, oh, that's Michael's cat. <laughs> so you don't post Hazel on your... I do a bit, but like I don't want I don't want to be like, of, of course, in my personal life, I'm entirely obsessed with every single thing that cat does. Um, she was sleeping on like the poof yesterday. It's what I call David. Um, <laughs> and she and she was like fully asleep. And her, the fact that her head was on the poof rather than like her on her arms, Aww. that just broke my heart. And I, and I took like five videos and pictures, but I try to keep them to myself because I agree. I get a bit of an ick when it's like an Instagram account, especially when it's like the captions are in first person. Oh, yes. Oh, oh I just popped in to see mummy this morning and she gave me a bowl of... Oh. The <clears throat> only thing about having a pet, the reason why you wouldn't do this as well is because they give you content for your own Instagram. <laughs> why on earth would you like set up an all and you have to do two Instagram That's accounts? That's the only reason but... you got two. Yeah, exactly. Two pets to try it because... If one's not ready for the camera, the one is. <laughs> Next one is clapping when when an airplane lands. Oh yeah, I mean, but, but to be fair, when it's a Ryanair flight, you are just grateful. <laughs> you are. <laughs> I do that. I, that is a nick for me. If Bulgarians do it, whenever we would travel to Bulgaria to meet Nick's family, and the plane would land, the whole plane erupts with clapping. I'm like, no, mm. stop it. Right. Next one. See, none of these are that. These are like they're all icks. But they're not, not, we could have a time, or we could have a week where none of them get to the final, you know. We could do. None we of could these are do. hitting the heights yet. Okay, how about this one? Wearing a dressing gown. I wear a dressing gown. <laughs> do you? Yeah. Uh, oh, what? Amelia wears one as well. She went, she called, but she calls it her house coat. <laughs> That's an, a, a Scottish people say house coat. Um, but it's just a dressing gown. I love a dressing gown. Oh, I hate them so much. Okay, if you're in a hotel... I once had a boy leave in the morning and like he... T- because he'd come home and he was wearing something that he couldn't wear out in the morning because of like walk he of shame. He did not leave wearing no, your dressing gown. No, 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 no. But he took my like coat, my like house stuff, like my trackies and like a casual t-shirt. And I was like, well, I need to wear something. So I just put a dressing gown on and then like he left and I felt like I was like waving him off to war. <laughs> like a mother being oh, like, no. draw then. <laughs> no. To me, if it's a hotel and it's a crisp white... I wouldn't even call what do we call that? It's not like a dressing gown. A toweling gown. gown. A toweling gown. So it has to have a different name because that is different. You go into a spa, they're not dressing gowns. But they're so cozy. Uh, and please do not tell me it's purple or burgundy. Oh, it's black. Oh, no, it's still bad. It's got a <laughs> on it. I do not like dressing gowns, especially my friend had one and he used to basically wear it around naked. And it was like oh, a child's that. one and it only just like covered, just went down to his okay, bum. No, it was, I get an oh. there. It has to be like midway between knee and hip yes yeah definitely that's okay but like Ooh, a, a maybe man, down to a man me. wearing like essentially a mini skirt <laughs> dressing gown is a no from me and definitely not a silk Although one maybe it could be quite hot actually if you think about it no michael it's not okay well, let's move on because we're not going to agree on this one well this is the only chance now to get through to the final because none of these have got through to no, the final. no i think good. the fingernails could maybe yeah well this one not knowing which angle to hold an umbrella so it turns inside out Doing it once is forgivable, but when it happens again... That's it. No. The actual lick is someone trying to get an upside down umbrella that's gone too far, trying to get it back. Yes. That is the ick. Oh, it's awful. It's awful. I don't think this has been a very strong Olympics round. No. But I would say the strongest is having long fingernails, especially <laughs> if it's just the one. Actually, no, I'm going to amend it. Having one long fingernail. Having one long that fingernail. That is the ick for the week. That gets in, but I doubt they're going to do well in the final. 
Wow, we're really delving into these eggs, aren't we? Yes, and the scary thing is we're pretty much the problem in all of them. Anyway, are we just intolerant people that we have all of these problems with everyone else? We are doing a podcast ripping to shreds our fellow contestants each week, so I would say we're at least a tad shady. I'll take none of that. I'm all sweetness and light. And talking of sweetness and light, what a good segue, uh, please keep delighting us weekly with your emails and messages. We haven't had a dating story in a while, and I do hope this podcast hasn't put you off. So I demand that at least half of you go on a date this week so you can tell us all about it. You can send these dating escapades and all of the stories, questions and icks to stickybumboys at gmail.com or over on our socials at stickybumboys. I heard that as escapades. Anyway, I'm off to create an Instagram account for Hazel. And I'm off to put a dressing gown on and grow my little fingernail. <laughs> Keep them sticky. Ready for the boring bit? Let's go. The Sticky Band Boys are not endorsed by or affiliated with Love Productions, The Great British Bake Off, or any of its subsidiaries. All views and opinions are our own. The Great British Bake Off and all related content are registered trademarks and copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Oh, very professional, David. In one breath. <laughs> We're all just having a bit of fun, aren't we? <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.